house today for sure. And it echoes. Would you stand to your feet with me today? I want to be the first one to say, hopefully not, but, but I want to definitely be one to welcome you here to Stratford Heights Church this morning. Are you excited to worship the Lord today? I know I am. We wanted to welcome you here also to those that are watching online today. We just want to welcome We are so over the moon excited that you're here today to worship the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And I'm going to say that again. We're here to worship the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And his name is Jesus. And I hope that you came with the praise in your heart because we are ready to offer thanks and worship to him this morning. And I know you're ready for that. It says this in Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 6. It says, For unto us a child is born. For unto us a gift has been given. To us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulders. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. And listen to this in verse 7. Of the increase of his government and of peace there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. I came today to tell you that Jesus is king today. He's the author and the finisher of our faith. There's no need to worry, no need to fret. And I'm going to tell you, we're going to walk out of here today and the world is going to know that we have been face to face with the king. And not a king of this world that falters and is human, but a king that is eternal. He's from everlasting to everlasting. He's the one that's the, the prince of peace, the wonderful counselor this morning. And he's the one we worship. Amen. Amen. Would you help me today? Can we lift our hands and... Can we just just welcome him into this place and into our hearts as we lift him up? Jesus, we love you today. God, we woke up this morning because we know that you're able. God, we woke up this morning and there's praise in our hearts. God, there's praise on our lips. And God, there's worship in our step this morning because you've healed us. you touched us. You've strengthened us. You've protected us. And not one time have you left your children forsaken or them out begging for bread. God, we thank you today that you're the wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace today. Father, we worship you and we come to you today because we know that you're the King of kings and the Lord of lords. God, I thank you today for the healing power of your spirit and the healing power of the blood that was shed for those that believe, God, as, as you heal those today that need it. God, I thank you, God, for relationships that need healing. God, I thank you for a world that, that feels chaotic. I pray that a church will not be sweating or worried because they know that their God still sits on the throne and his kingdom will last forever. God, we worship you and we thank you. And God, I thank you for the souls and the lives, even today, that will be saved in the name of Jesus. We thank you for your spirit and we worship you today in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. And the church said, amen. Let's worship him together.
search the world But it couldn't fill me Man's empty praise And treasures that fade
singing songs about bones rattling. Because God is good. And God cares. Great is thy faithfulness.
So, Faith, I would, I would call you to reflect on those two songs. That first song talked about uh, graves into gardens and gave many different uh, examples of what that means and what it means to interact with God and have Him influence and touch our lives. There's a lot about our lives that are, is tough, and there's situations maybe that you're even dealing with right now that you feel a certain way about. And the enemy loves to get involved and uh, point out things, and he loves to bring destruction. He loves to tear things down. He loves to separate people. He loves to bring destruction to anything that he can get his hands on. But I'm telling you, we have a God that is in the business of the impossible. Amen? Amen. The world works a certain way and there's all these laws of nature and there's all this chaos that seems to go on. But I'm telling you, we have a God that's bigger than every bit of that. That He's able to move in your situation. He's able to get involved in your life and make the difference. He's able to turn those dead things into live things. He's able to turn that grave into a garden. He's able to move on your situation and make the difference. And I want you to hear that today. I want you to walk out of this place and have in your heart and mind that He's the difference maker. That He can change whatever the situation is. I feel like we need to have a frank conversation here a little bit before we go into our prayer time. I know you have needs. Do you have needs? You can show me by the raising of your hand. Needs all over the house. And I know that there's needs out there online that people are dealing with and going through. You can post your need right there in the chat. If you do not want to do that, we have a phone number that you can text your need to and we'll be make that a matter of prayer. But I want to talk for a second. I feel like the enemy likes to sneak in and bring destruction. He likes to whisper to people, Brother Jones, exactly what you're going to be talking about today. He whispers to him and tells us it's time to go. It's time to change. It's time to make that drastic move. But I'm telling you, God's able to move in marriages. He's able to move in the job. He's able to move in this church, in your family. And he wants to get right in the middle and stop people from making that drastic decision. when They feel like, man, there's nothing else I can do. God can turn the impossible into possible with him. Amen. 
got several things that we're praying for. One of the things is uh, Miss Kim Fritch. Yesterday we had funeral service for Greg, and uh, she was there. The family was there, and they're all heartbroken. Some folks that have been a part of our church over the last little while, and uh, they're just heartbroken today. And they need their church to lift them up and to pray for them, so that we are going to do just that. Also, we want to pray for uh, uh, Cameron Palmer. This is Barb Palmer's grandson. He is in the military, I believe, and he is uh, in um, isolation because he is uh, dealing with the COVID uh, virus. So we want to pray for him and uh, bring him before the Lord. And we know that we're dealing with COVID across the board. We're dealing with so many different issues. And uh, we're going to give all those things to God. Every situation that we're dealing with as a nation and a people, those things are handled best when they're laid right at the feet of God. And we say, God, it's up to you. We're going to trust you. We're going to leave it at your feet. Let's pray this morning. Dear Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, you are God. And you are faithful, as the song says. God, when we trust you, when we lay it at your feet, Lord, the, the word is full of the promises of you taking the impossible and doing the possible, making it possible. You're able to turn things around and make so many differences and touches and changes. God, you're able to bring a miracle out of situations if we will just give it to you and trust you with it. So God, in your faithfulness, Lord, we do just that today. God, we lay down every concern and every need that we have. Lord, everything that's on our hearts and our minds, from our marriages to our families to our jobs, God, whatever those situations are, we lay them all at your feet. And Lord, we're looking to you because we need your touch. We need your ministry. God, we need you to, to reverse some situations and make the difference, God, so we trust you today and give every one of those to you. Lord, for the things that are in our homes, but God, also for the things that are across this nation. God, we're dealing with a pandemic. We're dealing with so many unrests that come through uh, race and culture. There's so much going on right now, but God, there's none of those things that are bigger than you. So God, we give every one of them to you and ask that you would move and make the difference in those situations. Specifically, God, we pray for Kim Fritz today. We pray for her and her family that you would bring healing. God, that you would bring a touch there for them, help them and be with them. God, is there uh, going on with life, we just pray that you would give them peace. And Also, we pray for Cameron. Pray for Cameron Palmer, God, that you would be with him and heal him and just take care of him. Lord, we pray that you would have your way in the service today. Pray that you would touch the nation of Israel, that you would be with them and bless them today as your chosen people. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen, amen, amen. You can be seated. Well, we are part of something very special today. We are having a baby dedication this morning. So everybody that's with uh, Miss uh, Brenna B, you guys can all come forward and join us in the altar. Very special, very special day. We've come to dedicate. Uh, you can come right down front here. We're here to look at those frills. Man, beautiful. This is uh, Miss Brenna B. Young. And this is the Young family, Napier family. This morning, we've had the privilege of dedicating little children to God. These parents understand the sacredness of their responsibility before the Lord and wish to dedicate their child to God. I would like to ask these parents, along with the family and friends, as we have, to get in, bring them into the altar. Mark 10, 13, and 16, the King James Version, it says this, 
And they brought children to him that he should touch them. And his disciples rebuked those that brought them. But when Jesus saw it, he was much displeased and said unto them, Suffer the little children to come unto me, for forbid them not, for such is the kingdom of God. Verily I say unto you, Whosoever shall not receive the kingdom of God as a little child, he shall not enter therein. And he took them up in his arms, and he put his hands on them and blessed them. Children are a gift from God. As believers, we know they belong first to God. They are a gift to their parents. God in his great love gives children as gifts to parents. It's right and sacred for us for a blessing to come full circle. These parents are here to dedicate their child back to God. We're told in 1 Samuel 1 that Hannah presented her son Samuel to the Lord. In Luke 2 and 22, we read that Mary and Joseph brought Jesus to the temple to present him to the Lord in the same way. These parents this morning are bringing their babies before the Lord in this house to dedicate them back to him. The scripture says, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he's old, he will not depart from it. Bring them up in the nature and the admonition of the Lord. These commandments that I give you today are to be upon your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk to them when you sit and at home and when you walk along the road when you lie down and when you get up. Parents, as a minister of the gospel and the pastor of this church, I charge you with the divine, the human task of raising this child in the fear and the admonition of the Lord. Developing your child's character and personality after birth is the single most delicate and serious work of any man or woman is ever called to. All the sights and the sounds of your home will work together to determine the character and traits of your child. You are to make it a constant prayer and effort to lead your child and to know the love of Jesus Christ. The book of James says this. It says, If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask God that giveth to all men liberally and unabraith not, and it shall be given him. As you give yourself to God, he will lead you and guide you to raise your children to be men and women of God. Trust the Lord to us, to extended family and friends, to all of us as a church. We all take a part of this uh, puzzle, if you will. We all have a piece and a part to play in, in raising this child and making a difference in the next generation. It is our responsibility to provide a caring, supportive atmosphere for this family. I ask you to be faithful in prayer with them, and your influence will greatly affect them uh, as a child. We have some gifts to give you this morning. I'm going to sneak right down this way. What a beautiful family. Let's give it up for them one time. First, we would like to give you a Bible there for her. We, uh, we are here to dedicate... Miss Brenna B. Young. Let me see here. Dad, if you want to hold that there. This is Zach and CJ, by the way. CJ, by the way. She actually only weighs one pound. The rest of it's just the fluff in the dress. 
Let's pray as a church. We're going to pray and dedicate this beautiful baby. name of Jesus. Lord, we pray that you would touch this family. God, that you would take care of them and minister to them. Lord, help them and anoint them and give them your direction and your plan for their heart and life. Pray that your special touch would be on everyone that's involved. Your blessings and your ministry be there for each one. Lord, let your work and will be accomplished and done for them. We pray that you would touch this little life. Let it go as a testimony. Let her walk be a reflection of your goodness and glory. In Jesus' mighty name, God, we praise you and thank you for this precious gift, and we dedicate her to you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 It's important that we dedicate children, isn't it? It's a beautiful thing when we give them back to the Lord. I know most of it's like entertainment because you just want to watch the kids, you know. But anyhow, uh, we have so much, uh, so much going on today. One of the things is we have one of our uh, military sons is here today, Mr. Thomas Culp. Thomas, would you stand? Give it up. Thank you, sir. Thank you for your service. Thank you for all he was able to be home. He is on leave. We appreciate him being here. Uh, also, if you notice, the pastor is not here. He's taking uh, a little time away, but he is joining us online. Um, so with that being said, I want to make mention in two weeks on August the 2nd, we are going to be having pastor appreciation. And uh, you've got to take it, got to take it me for my word. This pastor appreciation, you know, it's, it's going to be a COVID pastor appreciation, so it's different. But I want to stress that in, in two weeks, we're going to celebrate our pastor, and he is leading our church. We're a 1,300-member church, however many, and he's leading us and, and listening to God, and he's on his, pray, on his knees, and he's praying. He's up two and three nights a week and going days without sleep. He's praying for our church and leading our church. He's taking us through God's leading. He's taking us to places that our country hasn't experienced, that our church hasn't experienced ever before, and he is prayerfully considering everybody's heart, everybody's family, where everybody is, and he is doing his absolute best through God's power to lead our church, and uh, he's our pastor, and he's pastoring through a pandemic, he's through the craziness of this life, and we are going to take in two weeks, on August the 2nd, we're going to take that Sunday morning and we're going to honor our pastor and, uh, and to celebrate him. And I just want to let you know that that's happening in two weeks. Next week when you come in, there's going to be a card on your pew. And uh, we'll make the cards available as much as we can. But on the, on the card, it's just going to say, hey, come to Pastor Appreciation. 
and there's going to be some lines there and we want everybody that will to write the pastor a note just say hey thank you we love you just take an opportunity to give something in writing to put in the pastor's hands uh, we've made note that on Sunday mornings when we do pastor appreciation the Sunday right after in the afternoon he'll go to his house he'll stack up the cards and he'll go through and read one by one everything that everybody said what your words say means everything to him as a pastor and I want us to flood him with as many notes as we possibly can so that's one of the small things that we're going to do as part of pastor appreciation but we want to celebrate him and appreciate him August the 2nd in two weeks we are going to do that last thing that we're going to do is our giving we want to worship the Lord with our giving and our gifts and uh, those that are online want you to know that there's a give button there online there's many different ways many different platforms to give and of course we're going to bring our offering forward if you would stand with me we're going to worship the Lord in song and at the same time you can bring forward your offering let's let's pray over our gifts dear Heavenly Father we thank you and praise you God for all that you are and all that you do Lord we thank you for the gifts God that you've given us Lord from what we can uh, put in our wallets God to what we put in our hearts we thank you God that you've provided every bit of it Lord we pray Lord that you're blessed and that you're honored by our gifts back from our hearts and from our finances from every bit of our blessings God we just want to worship you we want to honor you and lift you up in Jesus name amen and amen
with that. Let's give him the praise he's really worthy of today. The highest praise. How excellent is the name of the Lord our God. Not a common name, but an excellent and highly to be exalted name. Praise the Lord. God bless you. You may be seated. We promise to have you out within the next hour or so. Hope you brought a snack individually, packaged, wrapped and not to share, just keep it for yourself. Praise the Lord. Wait for it, wait for it, it's on the way. How many of us have seen that caption, have something sent to our phone or iPad or whatever and said watch till the end, you know? Wait for it, wait for it. Most often, it doesn't live up to the hype or it's advertising something that you can buy or sign up for or whatever it might be. But there are things that are worth waiting for. And it is in that, in that context that I share with you today out of my heart, 
what's been percolating for almost a year now. And, um, and I'll share a little bit more about that as we go. But fortunately, we have something to look forward to. There are things that we can wait for, some things we must wait for. Good things come to those who wait. We hear those things. But waiting is really hard. How many of you know waiting is really hard? No doubt we've discovered that. Waiting is far more difficult than doing. You know, we get in the middle of doing self-effort. You know, we're going to work this out, help God, and so on. But waiting is a lot harder uh, than doing. Now, waiting is boring. And we know boredom is the arch enemy of a good life, right? Boredom ruins every vacation. Waiting is where the whining starts. You know, like, are we there yet? Sister has my toy. But it's not just a problem for children, it's a problem for adults as well. But since this is a, a problem that reaches throughout humanity, why aren't there some conferences on it? There are no, um, there are no uh, workshops providing information on it. Uh, in, in fact, if there were any, I'm sure it would be how to patiently wait in 40 easy steps with a free workbook with 400 delightful, entertaining pages. I will tell you today that the Bible is full of training on waiting, being patient, hanging in there. And because waiting is so essential to every meaningful pursuit, we should learn to wait. Wait for it, it's on the way. Now, if, you've, uh, if you started your stopwatch earlier, reset it. Because now it's a text, so I haven't really started preaching yet. Habakkuk 2, 1 through 4. And, you know, sometimes preachers, when they really go and say, you know, say this. And, you know, something deeply spiritual. Say Habakkuk. Go ahead and see if you can. <laughs> Chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. I will stand upon my watch and set me upon the tower. I will watch to see what he will say unto me and what I shall say or answer when I'm reproved. Second verse says, the Lord answered me and said, write the vision and make it plain upon the tablets that he may run that readeth for the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it shall speak and not lie. Though it tarry, there it is. Say it with me, wait for it. I expected some of you to say Habakkuk. Wait for it because it will surely come and will not tarry. Behold, his soul which is lifted up is not upright in him, but the just shall live by his faith. Let us pray. Eternal Fathers, we bow in your presence. We thank you for the anointing of the Spirit that can take the words that I would speak and make them life to someone who is listening whether in-house or online, may this message reach the ones that you've intended it to reach and may we be uplifted, encouraged, and blessed because of what you said.
We ask, Lord, these things in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. And all the people said, Amen. Amen. Now, this verse of Scripture is most often used to train leaders. That word vision, we see so much of that in leadership training, uh, is that, that plan for going forward. And, and certainly it's essential if we're going to have followers to have some place to go. And so the purpose that is um, behind that leadership is what people identify with, they follow, and they support. Uh, but this seems to be a coming event. It's something that the seer, that the prophet of God, Habakkuk, saw. And so what he had seen, he said, write it down. Write it plainly. So then that exciting message was uh, enough so that the messenger would run and not delay. It's important enough that the people who heard it would wait for it. And so this highly technical term, some of, the medic, uh, some of the military personnel here will recognize this highly technical term, hurry up and wait. We understand it in other areas of our lives, but when it comes to um, our lives and the Christian community, we don't think we should have to wait. We think that God ought to do what we say when we say it. Now stay with me here just a minute. I'm going to digress perhaps but some of us want to fall into the position of making God our servant instead of making us God's servant some of us want to pray and find the scriptures that say that we can move a mountain with our faith I love those verses of scripture but then you run into people who want the mountain someplace else than you wanted it so what do you do with that kind of faith I think we have to come under the recognition that God has written the vision. It's not for us to write, but it's for us to wait for it. What he has seen will come to pass, and we are ready to wait for him. Um, we are living in times that will make us want to throw up our hands and quit, uh, but don't wait for it. Something big is on the way. And every time I read over this, I, I wanted to stop right there. These are the times that will make you want to throw up your hands and quit. But don't quit. Did I say the, the Bible is a manual on how to wait, how to be patient? Not just a few verses of Scripture, but many of them over and over again. The Bible is teaching us not to take flight, but to take our position to stand and to wait to see the salvation of the Lord. Now, uh, how to shelter in place is in this blessed book. And how to stay under uh, his protection, safety, is in this book. How to abide where we should be abiding is in the book. You see, the Bible is a manual on how to wait. So wait for it. Psalm 61, 1 through 4 says, Hear my cry, O God, attend to my prayer. From the end of the earth will I cry unto thee when my heart is overwhelmed. Hold on to that idea of overwhelmed. We'll talk about it again with overcharged in the New Testament. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I am. Lead me to the rock. I want to be able to go where the foundation is secure. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I, for thou hast been a shelter for me, a strong tower from uh, the enemy. 
I will abide in thy tabernacle forever. I will trust in the covert of thy wings. Selah. It takes faith, as Habakkuk told us, to wait for the event that is coming on God's timetable. And the Bible is full of passages on waiting patiently for the Lord. Psalm 37, 7, Psalm 40 and 1. Uh, in the New Testament, 2 Thessalonians 3 and 5, James 5 and 7, and many, many more. Because you know the Bible is a manual on how to wait. And even with all of the things that are happening in our lives and all of these things that we're hearing in the scriptures, if you want to, you can find a hundred reasons. I'm resisting right now to sing that song, Slip Out the Back, Jack. I'm not going to do that. Make a new plan, Stan. Don't need to be coy, Roy. Just listen to me. You don't need to hop on the bus, Gus. Don't need to discuss much. Just drop off the key, Lee, and get yourself free. If you don't know that song, I'm sorry. Just miss. You missed a lot of something. I'm not sure what. But you can give people a hundred reasons why you can quit. Why you can quit on your marriage. Why you can quit on your church. Why you can quit on your government. Why you can quit on your job. Why you can quit on your debt. Why you can quit on your relationship. Why you can quit on your home. Why you can quit on any other covenant, covenantal relationship. But God's word says don't quit. Wait. Stay. Finish. It is important enough for us to wait until we see it come to pass. And then, I'm sure you've thought about quitting and bolting or slipping out or unnoticed or leaving. Maybe you're saying right now, I'm all alone. Nobody cares for my soul as David did. But you remember David encouraged himself in the Lord. You might feel disconnected, not being able to get to church, and even when you get here, you smile. What's the use of smiling? All that preaching I've been doing about smiling, and I wear a mask and cover my beautiful teeth. <laughs> you may be hurt. You may have been betrayed. You may be confused. And you may wonder what you can trust. Your foundations may have been destroyed. You may be so afraid. I want to tell you, whatever you're facing, wait, something great is on the way. Now, I have 10 deep, dark Ds. If I had a little more time, maybe I could throw two more in there, and it would be a dozen deep, dark Ds. Wouldn't you like that? Is that, what is that, an alliteration or, anyway, for you English buffs? Listen to this. Who's run into this? I said at 9 o'clock that it was my wife and I, so, so some of you who are hearing this twice, I remembered as I was going, it was Cameron and I who were on a journey, and we had a detour. The sign said detour, and so we followed the detour sign. Other people were going straight on the interstate, and we went through this couple of little towns at 45 miles an hour, and we came back to the interstate and found out that they had cleared up the mess that was on the interstate, and if we had just stayed on it, don't you just hate it when people uh, forget to move the detour sign? Delays make you a new plan. Detours 
causes you to think of new courses, difficulties, you have new struggles, disappointments, you develop new emotions, distractions, you have to have new energy, distortions, new concept, deception, new confidence, doubt. You know, the Bible talks about the times we're living in as being full of doubt. There are going to be those who are scoffers saying, where is the promise of the Father? Before our parents and their parents, we've been hearing Jesus is coming. Wait for it. He's still on the way. Hallelujah. Wait for it. Don't give up hope. Don't doubt it. And so many people are landing right now into depression. Now, depression isn't a sin, and it isn't permanent, but it's certainly popular because that's what the enemy is using on many of us. And we have to recognize that the next step after uh, uh, depression is destruction. He's come to rob, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Our times are in God's hands and not into the hands of Satan. Satan doesn't really care how you miss the mark either, by the way, as long as you miss it. So don't criticize somebody else for making the mark, missing the mark. He's got a stump you're about to run into. Hello? There's a buzzsaw coming your way. Don't criticize people for falling. Give them a hand up. And let's do this together in the name of the Lord. We need to prepare ourselves. I should have spent a little more time. I could have given you some perfect peas, couldn't I, in all of this? But certainly there is preparation. And uh, you remember the ten virgins, five of them wise, five of them foolish. Five of them took oil with their lamps. They made preparation for the delay. There may be a delay. There may be some things that happened in your covenantal relationships you don't like. Well, let me tell you, it's worth staying for. It's worth waiting for. God has a promise for those who await for him. Passion to finish. A plan to continue. The daily maintenance has to be done, so don't quit. Keep looking up. Don't quit. And pack the tools and resources for the journey. You know, if you go on a, a trip somewhere, you always have to pack those toys and the snacks. Beverly packs the toys for the kids and the snacks for me. Make your preparation. Now, in uh, over against all of the reasons you might have for not staying and not waiting... There are many, many reasons to stay. I'm speaking directly about the covenantal relationship in the church that is the keeper of the message. I want to tell you unequivocally, you need to stay with the church. This isn't a time to waver. It isn't a time to be wishy-washy. Stay with the church. Somebody here cares for your soul. Somebody here is training your children. Somebody here is 
holding you accountable. Somebody here has given a place to, you a place to serve. Somebody here is breaking bread for the hungry. Somebody here is giving water to the thirsty. Somebody here is providing comfort for the weary. Somebody here is providing guidance for the wanderer and the wayfarer. So stand and stay in your covenantal relationship with the church. Hallelujah. Over a year ago, and I don't know if I, um, yes, almost a year ago, I became aware of this phrase, and I'll throw this in right here and maybe come back to it later as well. But it was reasons to stay. And over this period of time, I took notes and have a stack of half sheets on reasons to stay. And the problem this week was deleting or shaving down those things because there are so many reasons for staying. This isn't a time for us to take flight. This is a time for us to fight. This is a time for us to fight for what is right and let the enemy know that we will not be defeated. We are waiting for it. The coming of the Lord is at hand. In Ephesians, the fourth chapter, the 14th verse, tells us about some latter-day dangers, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro, carried about by every wind of doctrine, by every slight of men, cunning craftiness by, uh, whereby we, uh, they lie in wait to deceive. Tossed to and fro, does that sound familiar? Carried about by every wind of doctrine. You know, everything that is political doesn't have to have a religious origin. I didn't mean to say that. I didn't say it at 9 o'clock. It was, you know, wise for me not to say it then. But there are winds of doctrines that are going out there, and we're getting them on our inbox. There are people who are changing the Word of God. There are people who are associating things that ought not to be associated. Let me remind you that there is one manual for waiting, and this is the Word of God. Hallelujah. Anything else will divide us, but anything that divides us is not God's will, and it's not his word. Unity. It's only in unity that the work of God can be done. The mission of the Lord can only be accomplished when we are together. So he said, don't be like children. Don't let the winds of doctrine shake you. Don't let the to and fro of tossing in this life affect you. And then it said, the slight of men. When I was growing up, I thought the slight of men was an offense. Because people always got slighted. That's probably not even a word you use here. But in the South, people would get slighted. That's an offense. But that's not what that word means. Slight of men here means a deception of men. And there are people who have no scruples. They're not bound to tell the truth. That's what your children and mine are being raised with. And maybe... Uh, my children and my grandchildren is that there's no absolute truth. Your truth and my truth. Your truth is an opinion. And my, my truth is, I mean, my truth is truth. I mean, my truth is an opinion. I, I caught myself. I caught myself. It's only the word of God that is true. Yeah. Hallelujah. His word is true. He sent his word and settled it. His word is forever settled in heaven. And so then it's the cunning craftiness. 
There are wordsmiths all around us who are putting things together in such a way as to divide and separate. But may we know indeed that those things are sent to deceive us, to make us quit, but we have determined we're going to wait for it. Don't get outmaneuvered. Don't get played. Don't get slighted. Proverbs 24.10 says, if you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is small. Now, I never really have liked defeat, but I've gotten to the age now where, you know, I, I can handle losing. But there's only one thing I don't want to fail in. I don't want to fail to wait and be ready when Jesus Christ comes. That we must be prepared for. I remember playing um, giveaway with my dad when I was growing up. He was playing checkers. But we both won. Sometimes these things slip in here. I just... <laughs> Hebrews 10, 35 and 36. Cast not away therefore your confidence. You can't quit believing. Everybody is not going to hell in a handbasket. Everybody is not wrong. Well, maybe I shouldn't say that. We might all be wrong, but God is right. And those who stand with him will be right. So don't throw away your confidence, your faith. It has a reward that will be coming due, due recompense. For you have need of patience that after you've done the will of God, you may receive the promise. I love this because this verse does not say after God's given you the promise, then you can do his will. Now, how many of us approach it like that? God, if you'll let me win the lottery, I'll give you 10% of it. 10%? That's already mine. Joe's already offered me 20. What we're supposed to do is do the will of God by faith and wait. Isn't that what it says? Do the will of God by faith. Wait. The promise is coming. Wait for it. Hallelujah. I'm enjoying this a lot more than some of you. <laughs> Galatians 6 and 9 says, and let us not be weary in well-doing. You know, just about anything I'm doing these days makes me weary. But there's one thing I've found I can do and not be weary. I can wait. I can sit in a chair and wait. I can stand up and wait. And one of my favorites is I can sit at the table and wait. On the couch, the recliner, whatever I'm doing, laying down in the bed, I assure you that what I'm doing right now is waiting on the Son of Man to be revealed in His glory. Hallelujah. Now, if somebody can find my place, just start reading there. It'll be just fine. You're going to reap if you faint not. Galatians 6 and 9 says, Let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we will reap if we faint not. 
Hebrews 9, 28 says, So Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many, and unto him that <laughs> look for him, wait for him. The Bible says when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? We started out in Habakkuk saying that those who live will have to live by his faith. If we're going to wait, we have to develop our faith. Jesus gave us, God gave every one of us a measure of faith, and then he said that we could add to our faith. He said that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. If we're going to wait, faith is necessary. And the Bible has given us everything we need to wait patiently for him. Unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time unto salvation. And then Luke 22 and 28 says, When these things begin to come to pass, to look up, and lift up your head, for your redemption draweth nigh. <laughs> He's coming. He's coming for his bride. Wait for it. Praise the Lord. Wait for it. Stay with the ship. Stick with it. God is able to sustain you. I remember in Acts uh, 27th, chapter, I believe it is, Paul um, was on board a ship, and he said, um, he said, um, I don't think we even need to go on this trip, but there were people over him who imposed their will on him because he was a prisoner, and so he got on a ship. He didn't want to go on the journey, and then on the journey, things were good for one day. How many of us love the one good day we have, and then you know, it crashes in on us. And so Paul said, I told you guys not to go. <laughs> Never miss a good opportunity to say I told you so. I'm just throwing that out there. <laughs> Never miss one of those. But he said, the angel of the Lord, the Lord who, whose I am and whom I serve, has stood by me this night. And this is what he said. Don't quit. Don't stop. Don't fail, don't faint, but stay with the ship. Okay, I guess I kind of expanded on that a little bit. He said, the angel of the Lord whose I am and whom I serve has stood by me, and he said, we'll not lose a one, not a one, if we all stay with the ship. <laughs> now, the, the guy who was over the, the soldiers, I mean, over the prisoners, the soldier that was over the prisoners, uh, he was afraid as it got really bad that the ship was going to break up and they were throwing off, off of the side good stuff, you know. I hate it when life goes where you have to get rid of the good stuff. And so the, the officer started to shoot all the prisoners and Paul said, mm -mm, don't do that. Trust because we're going to all come out all right. Wouldn't you like to hear that word fresh in your mind and in your heart today? We're all going to come out all right. Wait for it. The coming of the Lord is at hand. Now, I, I started to close here with a, a prayer for those who don't know the Lord. 
But I guess I need to lead into that by saying, God wants us to have not a little bit of a knowledge of him, but a full knowledge of him. God doesn't want us to just feel good about it. He wants us to have the full assurance of the faith. And I guess it kind of hurts me a little bit that some people have departed the faith, giving heed to seductive spirits and so on. It grieves me that there are people who are quitting on every side. It grieves me because there are non-Christians who are looking at us Christians for the message of unity and hope. And, and we don't have it for them. But do you know the Bible says that we cannot just have a feel-good relationship with God, but we can have the full assurance of the faith. I'd far rather know it than just to feel. Don't con me. Don't give me this hoax. But let me know, know that my Redeemer liveth and that he shall stand on the latter day upon the earth. Mine eyes shall behold him and not another. Praise God. Praise God. He is my deliverer. He is my hope and my stay. Eternal Father, we bow in your presence today. Thank you for the time we've had together. Thank you for those who are in-house and those who are online. Pray, God, that your word would just reach right out where we are and take a hold of us and help us to realize that these things are true and they're certainly worth waiting for. It's not a time for us to check out, not a time for us to quit, but it's a time by faith that we continue to press on in to know the Lord, power of your resurrection and the fellowship of your suffering being made conformable to your, your death. We ask these things in Jesus' name. And amen, amen. Praise God. I hope that God has spoken something special to you today. But before we leave, I just wonder if there's anybody here, in-house or online, that's not made a commitment of your life to the Lord. You're not on the rock. You don't have that foundation of Jesus. You don't have that full assurance of the faith. I just want to tell you, His promises for you and if you receive it, you too can join us as we wait for it. The coming of the Lord is at hand. If it's your disposition, your desire, your commitment, you can pray this prayer. Don't just recite this prayer, but you can pray this prayer and you can have the full assurance of the faith in Christ by faith. So if you wouldn't mind, let's stand. Those in house can repeat this with us and those online can repeat where you are let this become a reality maybe some of us need to renew our covenant our covenant to follow him our covenant to wait for him and so let it be Lord is our prayer repeat after me if you would dear Jesus I believe that you are the son of God I believe that you came to the earth you died for my sins on the cross you rose from the dead and are seated at the right hand of the Father. I confess that I am a sinner 
and I'm sorry for my sins. And I now reject them and repent. I turn to you for salvation. I ask you to come into my heart, take charge of my life, and by faith I receive you as my Lord and Savior. And now I am a child of God. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. <laughs> hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. There's rejoicing in the presence of the angel over one sinner that repents. Can you imagine what jubilation is going on when more and more are confessing Christ as Savior? If you've done that today online, especially, would you send a text to 97,97000, set free, and somebody will be contacting you and loving you into the kingdom of God. Praise God. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. The kingdom's coming. Wait for it. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. God bless you. You're dismissed. Um, unless, is there anything else? Okay. Praise the Lord. God bless you. Be sure and tip big.
Yeah.